You are listening to Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. We are souls on the journey, and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and this is Speak the Love. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And we have a growing Facebook group we'd love to invite you to be a part of. So please find our community called Awakening Souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by taking a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out of your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose. Breathing in light and love for yourself. And breathe that light and love and send it to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. And so thank you so much for being here with us today for Speak the Love. And today we felt really called to talk about present moment living for soul connection. And what does this really mean? And we were talking about, you know, just about how many of us really struggle with our identification with our thoughts. And thoughts are such a part of the human experience. And there's also this other side of it in recognizing that we are not our thoughts. And when we become to realize that we can take more of a centered present moment approach with our thoughts, we can have more understanding and awareness and connection and deeper 
um, understandings of how we can let go of those thoughts and not over identify with them. So we really want to take the time to talk about that today, because how many of us truly struggle with our thoughts? I know I do. And, and so many people, you yes, know, that I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely struggle with my own critical thoughts. I think one of the biggest benefits um, over a long-term meditation practice was just noticing the negative self-talk uh, that I just berated myself with. And I, I joke to my yoga students, like I didn't love yoga and meditation at first. In fact, it was painful. It was painful. And it wasn't so much like the physical postures, even though back pain was an issue. The most painful part was being still on my mat and having to listen to just the mean-spirited words and the critical voice that I would hear. And I'm like, I would never even talk to a friend like the way that I used to talk to myself. Mm -hmm. I really struggled with that too in the beginning, you know, and just being able to be still with my body because my mind was always chattering and it was always, you know, making it difficult for me to, to want to stay present, want to get focused inward because I was so, you know, critical and mean. And I heard these thoughts in it and, and my, you know, my ego would always tell me, no, get up, you know, or, you know, you don't, don't, you don't have to sit still, you know, just you know, you've had enough time to yourself. And <laughs> right. And then, and then the thoughts of comparison would come mm. in. Oh my gosh. I'd be like, well, this person does it like this and I don't do it like this. Maybe I need to be, you know, the should haves would come out. I should really be doing this or should not because so-and-so does this, or I see them. And it's, it's just so, <laughs> it's so difficult to stay present within ourselves and yet also be aware of what and who is going around us without taking it, taking it in personally. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a really common thing, you know, that comparing and judging, because we're trying to, you know, try to be authentic and try to be an individual, but then yet, you know, we see someone else doing something in a way that maybe we want to do it, you know, and so there's that imposter syndrome that comes mm -hmm. up and, you know, really affects how we, you know, deal with our own inner struggle, you know, and how, what we want to create in the world and, you know, seeing other people doing that. And so that really keeps us from, you know, shining our light, you know, but you mentioned something too, that I think is really important to, you know, bring out is that, you know, would we talk to a friend like that? Would we, you know, how are we talking to ourselves and, and how, you know, would we really show up in, in that way with, with someone that we truly love? Yes. I find so often, at least with, you know, with myself, I can have compassion and empathy for others. And, um, but when it comes to myself, like when I make a mistake, quote unquote, these are air quotes, you can't see it mistake. Uh, or I, you know, didn't meet my rather high expectations. Uh, I, 
I don't even have compassion at times for myself the way that I do for loved ones or even a stranger on the street. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's something too that, you know, especially in the Western culture and in probably many areas of the world that, you know, we're not taught to have compassion and love for ourselves where, you know, that message has always been like, it's selfish or, you know, it's narcissistic and that word gets thrown around too. And so, you know, there's this like, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't kind of mentality, you know, so we get stuck in that trap of like, okay, how do we truly, you know, step in and and love ourselves and recognize that those are all also stories and belief systems that have been embedded in us by the larger culture, our families and, and, you know, people that maybe don't quite understand that yet. Yes. Oh, the stories we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I I have just an amazing capacity to take a small, tiny thing and just spiral it up into this rather dramatic event in my brain. Um, No one else may know, but, you know, inside I can just feel, I feel it mentally. And then um, I forget that I have a body. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not even joking. Like it becomes this very cerebral kind of heady experience and I'm not breathing deeply you know, I'm tensing up my shoulders and I'm not even really aware of the, the tenseness that I am creating in my physical body from the mental tension that I'm creating with these multiple stories in my mind. Absolutely. I, you know, that I think happens so frequently is that, you know, something happens in our life. Maybe someone did something, you know, and then all of a sudden we create this meaning or the story you know, and then we take it in, like we know what they're thinking, or we know that why they did what they did. And then we, you know, internalize that, and then create this story based on our past experiences, which, you know, continues to perpetuate those old patterns, stories and emotions about, you know, maybe our worthiness or, the feelings that we have that really keep us stuck in our own thought patterns. Yes. Stuck, stuck patterns for sure. And I'm finding that a lot of my thoughts are are just that they're habitual patterns. They're not who I am. There are things that I've learned over now many, many years, sometimes decades as I am gracefully aging. Uh, So I'm realizing that it's just deeper grooved neural pathways of what I've learned from, gosh, who knows how long ago, childhood, teen years, not exactly sure. uh, But it's just this, it becomes this almost unconscious way of downward spiraling. Mm -hmm. I I think that's an important part to mention too, is that neuroplasticity, you know, and recognizing that our neural pathways you know, get stuck in these patterns. And, but to recognize that when we start to do something different, like say do a meditation or start to refocus and redirect our thoughts, our neural pathways also start to change. And those neural pathways are, you know, those pathways in our brain that do the same thing. They know, you know, the, the pattern that you've been living, you know, the, been stuck there for many, many years. But when you start to do something different, you can, you know, change those just like Mm -hmm. you can, you know, start to change 
you know, anything in your life, you, you know, starting with the brain, starting with the, you know, the body and how you're embodying that, but it really, um, can, can really impact how we, um, I just lost my train of thought. It's okay. How we, you know, can move into a new direction in our life. Yes. And I think, change in small increments is so important because from where I was, you know, this was back in my twenties, many, quite a few decades ago now, um, back in my twenties, even the thought of sitting still in meditation, just thinking about that was way too much. Uh, so I had to start really, really small. It was almost like I had to begin creating a new habit that was that was like no big deal or kind of underwhelming, if you will. So it was literally just two minutes, you know, most days of the week, two minutes, just sitting and being. And at first that two minutes was like the slowest time ever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but slowly, you know, we, we do begin to build that muscle. So although initially change can seem hard, but I would just encourage our listeners Um, make the change super small, where when you say this new practice that you're going to do, whether it be meditation or, you know, whatever that it might be, that it's like no big deal. And it can be, it becomes just like, oh yeah, I could, I could totally do that, you know, once a day or once a week or, or whatever that is. And that way we don't set ourselves up for like self-sabotage. And I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that because I think sometimes we can get caught up in that loop of trying to make too many changes at once. Mm-hmm. And when we really start small, that's when you're going to have the biggest success and those small changes, you know, really begin to build that foundation. And so when you're building that foundation, even if you're just sitting for two minutes and I'll tell you two minutes, you know, it doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're starting out meditating, it, it can be, you know, that's how my experience was. I was, you know, tried sitting for a minute or two. It felt like an eternity. And so I had to really sit with that and move past the ego mind that wanted me to do something different, wanted me to like get up or get distracted. And so I had to really show that I was in control, you know, not the other way around. And, you know, when I started to do that now, my meditation practices, I mean, I can sit for hours and, you know, it's, it feels good. It feels like I'm, you know, aligning with myself. I'm connecting. Um, but it takes, that takes practice to get there. It does not happen overnight. Yes. Yeah. I would, I I can't say, I can't say I meditate for hours. But I do have a consistent meditation practice in the morning and sometimes in the evening. And for me, a big turnaround was when I was starting with those very short increments of time, I would remind myself to breathe and breathe Mm -hmm. so deep. I almost would feel like, like the breath was coming up through the soles of my feet from that earth Mm -hmm. energy, because so often when we are stuck in the mind or some kind of fight or flight, we're breathing super shallow. And, and we're not even aware that we are breathing and then we're not getting enough oxygen to our brains. So just to breathe super deep for those two minutes. Mm -hmm. And then when that seems like no big deal, then add on, you know, another minute or, Mm -hmm. you know, something to, to build that habit in small incremental changes so that we do feel um, successful. 
Mm -hmm. uh, with the small progress. And then the best part is, you know, with that becomes a building of more self-compassion for ourselves and Mm -hmm. knowing that we do deserve to give ourselves the time and the space to create that sacredness, to Mm -hmm. heal, to heal the thoughts that are negative and judgmental. Absolutely. And I just want to just reiterate that, you know, when I was at a Joe Dispenza meditation retreat and we sat down for four hours one morning and meditated and, but it felt like, you know, time had gone away. Um, now I don't sit for hours every day, I, you know, but I fit it in, in those smaller increments, you know, like you're saying, cause I think that's important to recognize is that it is those small changes, those small times. And so, but yes, having that compassion and having that love and, and recognizing that, you know, it, it's an internal process. And even, you know, as the ego starts to, you know, tell you, oh, it's, you know, get up or, you know, wants to move or, you know, wants you to not go into whatever thoughts are coming up when you can have a conversation and love that part of yourself as it's trying to distract you, then that's when you start changing and shifting from being the one that's being driven by your thoughts to the one that is, um, letting, you know, yourself in that space. And I don't want to say control because I don't like that word control. And so (laughs) for lack of better words, you know, you get to like really, you know, connect with yourself and redirect the thoughts and, and be the one that is, you know, for lack of better words, control. I don't know what other word to use at the moment. (laughs) No, I hear you. Cause I mean, as humans, we, we are so hardwired to avoid suffering and negative thoughts, painful thoughts. That's a part of, you know, the suffering. Um, But so often that suffering comes from the, the labels and the judgments that we put on the thoughts. Thoughts can be neutral. They can be, and that's when they can shift from, um, from being something we push away to something that we can allow. And I'm not saying it's easy because I, you know, this is a journey I am still working with, you know, it's still my, you know, tendency to just kind of push the suffering away or not deal with it or shove it under the rug. And, and then it just inevitably, it just creeps in, in sometimes interesting ways. Uh, but you know, humans being hardwired to just avoid suffering, that's a really difficult transition to at least allow, possibly even invite in some of that, whether you want kind of shadow side or, or ego-based thoughts and to just be present with it and breathe, breathe through it. And what I've learned over the years is that it does dissipate. It does. It doesn't always seem it right at the time. Um, there are times when I have need to call on other people for help to sit with me and hold that space with me because I couldn't do it on my own. And there's no shame in that at all. Um, when we call in help, um, whether that's calling in like universal love energy help, whether we call in an actual person to just say, hey, I just need you to be here for me while I just sit and be with, you know, these ego based thoughts or just this thoughts full of negative suffering coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great, beautiful point because, you know, 
we aren't meant to do things on al alone all the time. And when we can really reach out and be vulnerable in a safe place with people that love and support us, um, we can really evolve and change and shift some of those thought patterns and those emotional patterns. And, you know, in my experience as well, they do dissipate, you know, it does the, the emotional connection to that thought, you know, begins to change and shift and it doesn't have as much hold on you when you really express that and those thoughts and, you know, and, and recognize that it doesn't have to perpetuate because I think we get caught up in that perpetuation loop also. And so, but when we express ourselves, it really begins to, to shift that. Yes, I would definitely agree. And having ways to express, I think are really, is really important. Um, even movement can be important uh, for those of you who are, you know, artists and creators and things just to help get the energy moving. Because when we are in that place of suffering and stuckness, it sometimes it just feels like such a tight grip. And so ways that we can just get the energy moving forward and out can be so healing in, in many, many ways. Absolutely. Movement is a really key piece to that. I think, you know, cause you know, we, we, it's really hard to talk about thoughts without talking about emotions too, because, you know, they're, they're hand in hand and those thoughts, you know, impact the emotions and that's, you know, what's stored in the body. And so, and they, you know, go hand in hand. So you're, when you're moving, when you're like really embodying the energy of what's coming up for you, that stagnation, that, you know, the sadness, the grief, you know, whatever's coming up is going to move out through, through body movement. And, you know, as well as some of these other mindfulness practices, but sometimes those mindfulness practices don't always, you know, get to that place because you need to move the energy out and, and, and it begins to dissipate. Mm, yes. So would you be so gracious enough, Stacy, to guide us through a, a present moment uh, meditation to close up our time together? Absolutely. So I just want to invite you to just take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and just get centered in whatever space you're in. If you're driving, you can do this later when it's safe, but just take a moment and just focus on your center, focus on your breath and allow your breath to fall naturally without having to change anything and just observing it. And if any thoughts arise, just take a moment and just let that thought just move and bring your attention back to your breath. And if you have any persistent thoughts that are coming up that seem to want to get your attention, you might even just take a moment and just tune into that thought instead of trying to push it away. And just, just notice what that thought is trying to say. Is it trying to create you to avoid this moment? Is it, does it have a critical nature to it? 
Yeah, what is that thought? And just observing that thought, and you might even just thank the thought and just thank it for the message that it's giving you and just acknowledge it. Thoughts can be like children. Children want to be seen and heard and they get louder and louder the more we push them away. And so just by acknowledging and validating the thought, thanking it, and maybe if it's a negative thought, just say, you know, thank you, but I'm going to choose to think something different, or I'm going to choose to be in love right now and be present. And just by acknowledging it, Notice what happens to the energy of the thought and allowing your attention to come back into the space of your breath and just being present with what is in this moment. And then whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes and just take that with you in this moment and for the rest of the day and just notice what happens by just beginning to acknowledge the thoughts. Thank you so much, Stacey. If you are interested in supporting Be The Love podcast and the work that we are doing in the world, please consider a donation of $25 to Patreon and we will gift you with Stacey's ebook, Your Empowered Soul, a natural pathway to healing anxiety and depression, and receive a 20-minute holistic health consultation with me, Brenda Carey. And thank you so much for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And of course, joining our Facebook community, Awakening Souls. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mm -hmm.